Back to the fourth wheel podcast. Oh, ooh, awkward. <laughs> it's been a while. Welcome back to the third line grinders. I'm your host, or I guess I'm just here again. <laughs> Ethan Spalding. Here Spal- with uh Eastball Buck. Here with one and only Nick Gendro, Cameron Pierce, and Sonic Gradian. <laughs> Guys, I'm excited to be back. Um, we've got a, an action packed, action packed episode tonight. I feel like we got a lot to talk welcome, about. Welcome back, Ethan. It's good to I hear your voice. Welcome bro. back, you. buddy. Yeah, it's so great nice to hear, to hear your voice. Too. Oh my gosh, it's such a great change of pace. It's uh, kind of sad though that we can't physically see you because for some reason your webcam isn't working, but hey, we'll take hearing your voice anyway and hopefully you drop a few good squeaks. Oh, you know <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's only What's a matter of time. What's been up, Ethan? It's been a long time. I mean, it's, I think we just said the last time he was on Kim was when? February, I believe, 27th of last year. That's incredible. It really is. It's been, wow, almost, almost, almost a year, almost literally to the day. Um, back on Halloween, but obviously we had nothing that had nothing to do with the podcast, just us getting together. So, yeah, how have you been? Uh, I've I've been pretty good, honestly. I'm uh, living my best life here in Connecticut. Um, you know, I'm more than halfway through my my technical school, uh, learning a lot of really interesting, useful skills. Um, I'm honestly I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a great time. That's awesome, man. That's all we wanted to hear. I think we were that's wondering anybody wants to hear. So it's good to have you back. Good to good to finally get your. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, knowledge, quote unquote, back on the podcast. Quote so. unquote. Quote <laughs> unquote. What a dick. Uh, not even, not even five minutes in. Um, <laughs> not even three, no. dude, dude. Not even three. We're at two minutes and thirty seconds. Wow, that's wild. Uh, but no, it's it's great to be back. I wish, I wish we could be doing this in the uh, the old fishbowl, but it is what it is. Good old Studio A. One day we'll have our own fishbowl to to go to again. That's someday. fucking right. With an so, actual fan, so we don't sweat to death. Oh my god, that was central AC awesome. would just be nice. So the fans, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we got a lot to talk about here. It's been a little over a week since we last uh, brought brought you the last third line grinder. So we want to touch on a handful of things. A lot has gone on gone on around the NHL. Other than obviously, of course, checking in with our teams, we've had a lot of COVID news come out. We've had some very unfortunate news, but maybe not surprising news in one player uh, being waived by his team. And we'll see if he returns to the NHL. Uh, we might as well catch up on that big trade that happened between Pierre Luc, uh, between Columbus and Winnipeg, which sent Pierre Luc Dubois to Winnipeg and Patrick Laine to Columbus. I hope you guys saw that video that. Uh, that the Blue Jackets put out of Line A walking on the ice. That was hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we have some pucking around for you guys, too. So where shall we begin? Shall we start with what happened last night? In- yeah, we might as well start with Bruins. And since it's fresh in our minds, both at least both games. Yeah, um, so over the weekend, uh, 
the Bruins were able to get three out of a possible four points against the Washington Capitals uh, yeah, starting yeah. on Saturday night, which was a – I mean, both games are very thrilling. Oh, yeah. In their own oh, yeah, for sure. Very entertaining. But, uh, Cam, why don't you lead us off with Saturday, which the Capitals ended up winning in overtime. Well, I mean, really all I have to say about both of these games, and I'll touch on both of them here, is – the Bruins have so much fight in them, whereas they may start a game really slow and look real sluggish. They have the fight and the heart to come back in pretty much any situation. And we saw that on two separate instances between Saturday night and Monday night. The Capitals start strong, but can't finish to save their fucking lives. And, um, you know, it's it it's not fun for me to watch the Bruins play the Capitals because the fandoms cancel each other out and I'm merely a spectator, not a fan. I'm just kind of there watching. You're so like numb. <laughs> exactly. So which is part of the reason I was drinking watching the Saturday game because I wanted to enjoy it. And there you go. We've created a monster. <laughs> yeah. What did we what did I do to start this? <laughs> oh, I can blame you, can't I? That's fantastic. I guess so. I just blame myself yeah. for it. <laughs> Don't corrupted Cam. Damn it. <laughs> um, but no, it, so like, whereas the Bruins come back and they show that heart, I really enjoy that. But watching the Capitals continuously fail to finish games in regulation time has, has become increasingly more frustrating. And I know that they had players out because of the COVID stuff, but you had Ovechkin back. You have guys coming back into the lineup. You know, Orlov was back. So at the end of the day, I don't enjoy watching those games, but it's great to see the Bruins finally like really awake now because they had that slow start and they've been awake for a few games now. But to see them also play so good against the Capitals who have had their number so historically in the last few years. For Bruins fans, you should be excited. I'm excited for the Bruins. Capitals fans, don't be nervous. Just be fucking frustrated. Yeah, I mean, if you weigh the if you look at the way that game started and I, I guess my, my biggest takeaway from the caps is you still don't have Ilya Samsona playing. You have what, what's this kid's first name? Vitek Vanacek. Vitek Vanacek. Yeah. So like you're riding this guy. That bad. And, and who's no, he's not bad. No, he's I, also, he's also probably not like a number one on any other given team. No. Unless you're talking like a really bad team. But you saw Zidane Char put a goal against – he scored a goal against his old team, which I think lifted up the Capitals for, the for like, the remaining two periods up until the very end. Yeah. One thing I'll say is – and, Ethan, I mean, you might take a sep- exception, exception to this, but the, re- the refereeing throughout the whole league has been very suspect so far. I agree. I agree, very, too. Very soft calls all over the place. And yeah, no, I go, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Good. Okay, uh, yeah, no, I, I I actually would have to agree with you on that, honestly. And I don't wanna make excuses because I, I hate excuses, but obviously this past, you know, last year and coming into this season has just been so wonky and just unorthodox and I don't know, I feel like the players, it's very easy for them to be able to to you know, go to training camp and, and jump in with their lions and kind of mesh together a little bit and figure things out. But referees, you you, you kind of got to think they don't get practices. 
you know, they're practices of the games. So, like, unfortunately, I feel like they're going to have to, well, they, they don't really have too much time left to really get the cobwebs out or, or uh, shake that rust off or whatever. Um, but I, I do agree. I think the officiating needs to be better. And I don't know if it's just part of the rules changing or maybe the the top of the league has come to these officials and said, hey, look, we got to get, like, you got to be on every single slash. Even if it doesn't look bad, if there's contact with the blade of the stick on players' hands or forearms or stick, you got to call the slash. Yeah. Well, I've got a bit of a theory here, and it's that the NHL probably wants more power plays for more goal scoring because the NHL, let's face it, is hurting for money. That's why we see these teams putting advertisements on their uniforms for the first time. So if the league is in the official officials ears, it's definitely get more guys in the box. We want more goals. It raises the entertainment factor and hopefully raises viewership and we get advertising dollars and all that shit. So I don't want to be the, the conspiracy guy who's saying that the NHL is trying doing it for money, but it makes sense in my head. Yeah, no, that, I, I think. I, oh, sorry, Ethan. Um, oh, good. Um, I think that it ma- that makes total sense. But also, you can't just change it overnight. I mean, yeah. there are so there are so many calls that have been called that you're like, really? That's not that was never called last year or the year before. But then there are also these new calls that you see that you're like, oh, well, like I've did, never heard of that one before. Like I didn't know that it was it came off like to the referees is that bad, but Kim, I think you're right. And that's what I was going to get to about the, about the caps and the Bruins is like, you can't put the Bruins on the power play because they're most likely going to score and their power play is lethal. But yeah. Ethan, I want to get, I want you to get back to what uh, Cam said about the league possibly being down the ref's throats and trying to get more goals and put more guys in the, in the box. Um, I could definitely see the referees or the, the league, saying, hey, you guys need to be a lot tighter, um, like t- right out of the gate, because that's, that's kind of like the basis of officiating, because, you know, from the, start of the, from the start of the game, you kind of have to, like, you got to be tight. You set, you set the, the notion for the game from that, that first period, that first bit of, you know, you being out there, right? Um, where it's harder to rein uh, or reel the reins back in if you kind of give them a lot of leeway, if that makes sense. But my mind, I was also kind of thinking this year is really different in terms of officiating because um, obviously the travel restrictions between Canada and America um, up in the the Northern League, the Canadian League, all the referees are Canadian. They're based out of Canada. Canada. Actually, the other referees for each division is is based out of their local areas because they're not supposed to be traveling far. So you're going to have the same referees do the same teams, do essentially the same games for, you know, I mean, which, who knows who It kind of makes sense, though, for the travel restrictions that you have the same refs doing the same games. It is, but also I'll, I'll, a part of hockey that I really like is well, the human error aspect of the game where, you know, sometimes, like later on in the season, you, you kind of do have a feel for which referees will make which calls and, you know, what you can maybe get away with. Um, but if you have the same referees for essentially every game, it's going to get really, 
annoying for lack of a better term because I, I don't know. It's just going to get very stale if that makes sense. Well, Ethan, I have a question for you because when we have these divisions who are, you know, restricted to only playing teams within those, the confines of said division, we're, we've already seen it. It, it. Tensions are really, really high between a lot of these teams already. The way that they're going after each other between whistles and all that stuff, it, it's forming all of these single season rivalries, if you will. So do you think that having the same refs within these divisions is helping or hurting that situation? Because then the refs need to be managing the games and some of these games could eventually become seriously unmanageable by the end of the season. Um, I think I'm leaning more towards the side of it's, it's kind of hurting the situation because if I, if I kind of like remember back to when I was playing hockey, um, you know, obviously I, I do see a lot of the same referees being in a, a like a, a high school league rather. Um, but, you know, you have a certain pair of referees. Let's say they, they don't really do that well in your game. And the next game you have two completely new referees. Awesome. It's a fresh start. Let's, you know, get back into it. Let's, let's you know, play our game or whatever. But if you have the same referees after a bad game, automatically out of the gate, you're, you're going to be on that, that low if you if if that makes sense it's just like leaves a bad taste in your mouth it does it really does um and i think that's probably a factor with with these nhl teams you know they they have like you say cam these kind of one season rivalries where they do get really irritable after the whistle you will see a lot more um altercations and i think how the referees handle it will absolutely dictate how intense or how severe it will get because these players will kind of just, I don't want to say brush the referees off, but in a sense, the referees lose their authority, if that makes sense, to a point. Very interesting points, Ethan. All, All things that I never even thought of, so... I mean, that's great insight right there. I mean, to be honest, I didn't even know that all the referees like were based off where you live in, in the region of the states is where you're going to ref, which is very interesting to me because I think, like you said, that not only are these players going to be dealing with the same linesmen and referees, but like these line these linesmen and referees are going are gonna to witness these games between these teams when they get really heated. And these these guys are going to take notes on how they handle things like yeah. that that go on because that's going to determine how where where the line is drawn. If some of these referees are going to let these guys go at it and you know get real physical and get chippy and you know fight and stuff, then you're going to see more guys like a like a tougher guy like Tom Wilson go after more players in in his division than you would say. You know, a softer guy, like, I don't know, give, give any example in the league of like a, like a Sidney Crosby. Like, it, like how often are you going to see Crosby, like, cross, cross the line? Probably never. Yeah. But if he knows that he has a referee in, in, in a certain game, or I should stop saying referee, an official in the game, that he knows that he can get away with, uh, with the little stick work on somebody, he's going to do it. Yeah, it, make, it makes you, like, question and think about, like, 
all these things that the players are going through, you know, if they know the ref or the official, and they, like you said, Nick, they can get away with anything. And that's a little, not scary, but it's like, well, no, it's so if you're, it, it, well, it is kind of scary because it's dangerous, honestly. Like, yeah. Are you going to let the players determine the outcome? Or are you going to let the officials determine the outcome? Or are you going to have that happy medium, which is, which is probably where it should be. But I mean, like, for for example, I'm currently watching uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and Vancouver Canucks, and there was a really massive hit, and the one of the officials just kind of brushed it off and said, oh, no, it's no big deal, when the guy's, like, bleeding everywhere. So it's also another thing, like, when the ref sees this stuff, like, do they call it? Do they not call it? It's also like, oh, okay, like, we'll just let it slide. Game? Or do they yeah. call it the next game the next time those two teams play? I mean, was it a clean hit? It was a yeah, definitely a clean hit. He should have gotten a penalty for it for sure, but nothing That's happened. That's the opposite of a clean hit. Yeah, that would be yeah, the opposite. I mean, clean. sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it wasn't it wasn't called, so there was no power play. There was no nothing. So. So what did you see? That was it a was it a elbow? Was it a charging? Was it? It, high it was hit? just it was it was pretty much boarding, but to the point where it was like where all the players sit. So it like caught him in between, like on the neck. Oh, kind okay. Of, and he kind of fell back, but like nobody said anything. So it was just like it was a nasty hit, and I was like, oh shit. But again, so it's essentially, if, if the glass was there, he he would have plastered his face right into the glass, yes, kind of thing. Yes. But now since there's no glass, you know. Yeah. So I don't know how that works with officials and not calling something when they should call it, and vice versa. Um, I also think. In from from the officiating aspect, doing the same teams over and over again, you almost become numb, and you 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 get into this this rhythm of doing a game a certain way, and you almost aren't necessarily yeah 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 yeah. Uh, you almost get <laughs> <laughs> into this uh, this rhythm of just going through the motions instead of actually officiating the game and obviously it's it's probably more or it's probably different in the nhl than it would be in what i've done because um, they're not they're not a team so oh well they are they're actually probably one of the most important teams out there but i just want to hear have, your reaction <laughs> we don't have time to unpack that again um <laughs> but but then it also comes to what i think what nick was saying earlier when you know if referee doesn't call it one game but he calls a penalty the next game well that's just like where's the consist consistency like that's going to be really frustrating and teams and players will call officials out for that all the time oh, they sure. absolutely will i mean I you heard, cam you heard it in in the in the the caps um these game i, I want to say it was a saturday night game when Krejci gets called for like this kind of like a lazy uh, it okay, wasn't really right? a lazy hook, but like yeah. it wasn't really a hook. And you hear Krejci loud over the TV. Oh, fuck off. Oh, that's <laughs> a bullshit call. <laughs> fuck off. That's a bullshit call. And like, I mean, that's stuff that I love to hear. I mean, give me, I mean, I've said that from one since. Yeah. We, I was actually thinking about like you, because you said it last podcast that you wish that you heard yeah, all of the like, players. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the mic, the mic it up videos on YouTube. I, I love it. I love and it. It's like fuck this, fuck that. <laughs> like, I mean, that stuff right there. Like David Cre like next time David Krejci 
is playing against the Capitals, if they have that same officiating crew, he's going to yeah. remember that. Oh, of course he is. And I don't know how we, I mean, we ended up going on this crazy officiating tangent for about like 15 minutes now. But what, uh, but I think it's great because, we, because we have Ethan back, he can bring, he can give us like that knowledge and, and uh, experience and, in that whole conversation. But I wanted to get back to the, to the caps and the bees too, Cam. So you have Ovechkin walk in and, take a take a nice uh, snapshot goal that goes past Rask on Saturday to get the to get the win another overtime game like you yep. mentioned um last week with all these games going on all over- these games are overtime it's, again overtime it's exclusive or- to the eastern division it's just yeah. an eastern division thing yeah, yeah it's and so then weird. and then on monday night snow night the, Bru- the capitals are outworking the bruins like oh yeah it, it much- was probably the worst like couple periods I've ever yeah. seen the Bruins play. I, I said to you guys after the first period, I texted you guys immediately. That was the mm. worst period I'd seen the Bruins play yeah, all season. Far and away, it wasn't a question. Turnovers, no sustained pressure. They would walk into the zone. It'd be a turnover or they'd take a, a far shot on net. It would just be a rebound kick to the corner. And then boom, the Capitals are right up going the other way. But then all of a sudden, Trent Frederick, Decides to drop the mitts with Tom Wilson, and yeah. I will. Admit, I will admit, I don't think I don't think either player won the fight. I think it was a pretty Agreed. square. Fight. Both players got some good licks in, but that's. I mean, that sparked that Bruins team. I think. I mean. Oh yeah, you, I think so too. You saw the way Trent Frederick chirped PK Subban. Yep. Uh, in the, in the <laughs> yep. weekend series, I mean, imagine what he had to say to Tom Wilson. And this all started from the game before when the caps were up and Frederick hits Wilson. And he's like, come on, come on, come on, let's go. And Wilson's yeah, like egging him on. And he's like, no, thanks. Wilson's <laughs> like, get the hell out of here. And what, since when does Tom Wilson turn down a fight? Well, he, that's the thing. I mean, you say all of a sudden Trent Frederick decided to drop the gloves, but like you said, it all started right. the night before with all of that. And I was I just, happy. I was. It was like the momentum turn. Right, right, right. Like the build up. Like I was so thrilled with Wilson actually on the Saturday night game for not dropping the gloves in that situation because there's no need to because you could give the Bruins that edge if you lose that fight. And they were up two, I believe, at that point. I don't remember exactly. Again, I was a little gone at that point, but. <laughs> When it comes to the Monday night game, when they actually dropped the gloves, I mean, I will actually missed the first half of that fight in the moment. But see, upon seeing the replays and knowing that it happened, first of all, I got a Trent Frederick boner, like hardcore. I've really liked watching him all year. Him and Zaboral, I think, have been the two standout, like, new guys with the Bruins. Quote-unquote, new guys with the Bruins. But Trent Frederick has really stepped up to the plate and been that tough guy. He's brought that edge. It's something that I've been saying since 2019 that the Bruins need more of that. And I've loved it. But then when Wilson and him dropped the gloves, I was like, ah, fuck. I knew it was coming, but... Tom was going to... Fuck, I thought Tom Wilson was going to snap his nose across his face. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think everybody made that assumption, but like it was in the back of my mind. I was like, kind of like, Tom, what are you doing? Like, this is not, this is not the time you do this. This is, I know that you're the tough guy. You like to drop the gloves. You like to be that big uh, instigator, but this is not the time and place. And it came back to bite the Capitals at the end of the day, which goes back to my frustration with them right now. Yeah. I mean, and then the Bruins just explode. Uh, last night's game. Well, no, I, I, like going back against the Caps, like, I mean, they exploded for, wasn't it 
three straight, four straight goals? Um, it might have been five unanswered. It was at least what? four. It might have been five. Yeah. All in the third period. Yeah, all in the third because nothing happened in the first and second. I mean, Cam, like, uh, like, oh, okay, no, I'm sorry. So it was four unanswered of well, four straight in the third, but yes, it was five unanswered, and to give the to give the Caps their first regulation loss. Um, I mean, it was just insane. And David Pasternak, he starts it off when in, in his first game back, uh, and then he gets he he nets a second uh, in the third period. And then Craig Smith jumps in, and then somehow, some way, Brandon Carlo at all, at all, <laughs> the, all the guys uh, on the Boston Bruins decides to pick a corner and does a sick, sick one-legged celly. And you know what? Hey, if I mean, if I were him, I would have done, I would have done the same damn thing because that was a snipe. But when Carlo scored that goal, I was just like, I, I kind of, I kind of was in shock. Corner. I had a Bruins boner. I mean, I was I was raging. Like, Dude, I, was I like, could tell. I sent like this really like neutral text about the Capitals and like their inability to finish games. And you're like, good, fuck them. I'm yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because now I, I hate that. As if I didn't like the Caps before, now I really can't stand them because they're in the same in the same division as the Bruins. Fair enough, like, I understand. Now I can't like hate the Lightning as much until like the second or the third round of the playoffs this year. That's like, true. I don't, have to, I don't have to see them. But I mean, hell of a game. And then last night, the Bruins another comeback and another come from behind victory. They go up. They play probably their best um, period first of the whole period, season. That yeah. first period. I mean, they were all all over Philly. Like it was kind of like the opposite of of uh, Washington and Boston, and then all of a sudden Philly just turns it around, and Boston just seemed to just come out like totally flat, totally lost, couldn't couldn't sustain a puck. Um, yeah, we were like sleeping through second period. Yeah, second and third period, and then all of a sudden Dave Pasternak, oh, he's got a hat trick. What was and it? Then, and it was like fourteen seconds left in the yeah. period. Oh yeah, fourteen I was seconds. Like, I, I thought we were done. I was like, oh, it's over. There's no there's the, no way. On the power play, too. I mean, granted, like, Philly, I mean, were both of those penalties? One probably wasn't. One probably was. But still, I mean, you, you, as a coach of one of these teams, like, if you're going against Boston, like, granted, like, five on five, you can probably sustain them. They're probably not going to score that many against you. But it, you can't put Boston on the power play right now. They are too fucking hot. And then, so they take that power play. It, well, no, because it was another penalty that goes, that leads into the overtime. And Pasa knew when he got that puck at the top left circle, he he literally said it in the post-game press conference, he goes, I, I knew the guy was going to come at me and try and take away my shot. So I just threw it in front for Bergie, and he's right there to finish it and sure shit he does. And I mean, that's what. Yeah, it was incredible. And that's his, that's his spot. I mean, he's in that bumper position, whether it's right in front of that or high or high to mid, mid mid to high slot. I mean, unreal. And I can't wait to watch the game tomorrow night on Friday night, uh, Boston and Philly, uh, two that series in Philly. So it's been, it's been a wild ride, but I think maybe we ought to, maybe we got to check on Ethan's team, uh, the lightning, uh, how they doing? (laughs) They they doing all right. Uh, yeah, they're, 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 they're doing all right. You know, they've, uh, Victor had been still nasty. I mean, he still had a six snipe the other night. It was, yeah, no, it was, it made me happy. That's for sure. 
Um, I, feel, I feel like it's a little weird without Kucherov, but I was uh, I was about to say that. Yeah, um, it it does make me sad that he's not you know participating with the team this season. Yeah, Obviously, jersey. Uh, I actually just bought a new jersey, not not a Lightning jersey, but New Jersey no, nonetheless. You want to like sell your Kucherov jersey? Oh, um, probably not. Probably not. I, I was like, why would he sell that one? <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, no. Obviously, I, I hope I hope he he recovers well from his hip surgery. But um, my goodness, the Lightning. Uh, what was it? Their opening night? Because I obviously I haven't you know, been able to really talk with you guys since you guys started this up again. But um, I just really like, I, I think they, they have a, a very easy division to play in for them, honestly. Um, which I know, I don't know if that, that sounds. I just think, I think it's funny that you say that because I literally just pulled up the standings. Um, they're number one. Yeah, Stay they're, they're, they're six one and one right now. So yeah, they are number one, but. But this year, especially because if some teams can't play the full 56-game season, point percentage is going to be huge. Yep. Yeah. Technically, right now, Florida has the highest point percentage at 917, where Tampa's at 813. Florida's played two less games, but they're 5-0-1. And who, who, who saw that coming? I mean, I didn't. Oh, my God, seriously. And then, <laughs> and then the Stars and the Lightning are tied. Uh, Dallas has played one less game. But tied with the with the best goal differential at plus twelve, and they're both undefeated on at home. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I I do agree with you though. I mean, Chicago's not any good. Nashville looks like shit. Detroit is Detroit, unfortunately, and Columbus. You you still don't really know. They're so, kind of like in the mix. Yeah, yeah Columbus is four and three. And um, they're they're currently they're, winning right now, but. Yeah, and they got Pierre-Luc Dubois and everything. I mean, uh, they got rid of Pierre-Luc Dubois, brought in Patrick Laine, but, like, I mean, I still want to focus on the Lightning, but, I mean, you still – I mean, Stamkos looks great. He's nice oh, and yeah. healthy. He's oh, nice yeah. and healthy this year. Victor Hedman still looks like that um, Norris Trophy uh, winning defenseman that he is. And, you know, I, I, and I, to, uh, to be honest, Ethan, I haven't seen much – of the lightning, but how has Andre Vasilevsky looked? Because I think to me that's the biggest concern. And it I don't, and I say concern with like a small C because obviously Vasilevsky won the Vezina, you know. Right. Like, um I think so far, you know, this season, I think Vasilevsky has been has been pretty solid. Um, you know, the so you were talking about we were talking about Columbus, right? Kind of how unsure we are about that. Uh we yeah. we played them the lightning played them twice. Um they won one game. It was a one goal differential. It was three to two, and then they played them again like two nights later, um, and they lost two to five, which is unfortunate, but it happens. Um, but I really think Vasilevsky has really stood on his head. Um, I was really pissed off. Not the right word. I was kind of I was kind of sad that I wasn't able to get him on my my fantasy team, but I was trying really hard to not pick a lot of lightning players because I know that was <laughs> that was a thing I did last time. Which is fine. <laughs> We're not yeah. judging. Yeah, until he gave up halfway through the season. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Just, I, I, I can't that, That's really. a whole other issue, but <laughs> But so far I've been I've been doing pretty good and I and I like it. Um that, that's, he's he's the only one that's played so far this year. That's right. Um, 
eight games played, eight games started, six one, six one and one, uh, with a one nine nine goals against average and a nine twenty seven save percentage, which is pretty good, yeah, honestly. I mean, um, sixteen goals against in eight games that gives that gives you that goals against average, which is really good. Yeah. Um. So I I as of right now I have some big big hopes for him. You know, he's doing really well. I think this team has um. From, from the cards that have been dealt to them, I think they've done exceptional. Is that? I'm going to go with that word. Yeah, exceptional. We're going to go with exceptional. <laughs> um, a lot more pressure this year on Braden Point, too, because, yes. of, because of Kucherov's absence and Anthony Sorelli as well. I mean, Sorelli stepped it up. He's got eight points in eight games. You got Point at nine points, Hedman at 10, Stamkos at 10. Um, they did end up bringing back Tyler Johnson, which I think is huge for that team because I think Tyler Johnson is a big piece. Um, Matthew Joseph is actually playing regularly. I guess my biggest concern is looking at Pat Maroon's stats. He's uh, eight games played, no goals, no yeah, assists. I was going to say no he hasn't games. been playing much. Yeah, Pat, no, I, I don't know. Game. He's played every single game. But what's his yeah. average minutes, though? What's he averaging for minutes? Yeah. Mm, I'm not seeing it on this on the screen right now. I'm gonna say it's not that long because I haven't really seen him on the uh, ice. Oh, uh, I mean, he's definitely playing fourth line minutes, but yeah, I mean, that's still a guy that you expect with his size to be able to get in front of the net and at least think a couple home. You well, even I mean? last season, Patrick Maroon did. I think he did pretty well. He's right? been having with, about ten and a half minutes. Hockey Reference says he's averaging about eleven and eleven. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I'm a little off. I was basing off of his last five games, but yeah. That's not bad. Um. Yeah. No. Fourth line with the low power play. Yeah. I think I think the top two lines for the Lightning have done, I think, pretty well. Well enough to where, you know, maybe even later in games, because there have been games where they've just kind of <laughs> ran the fucking show. Oh, ran the show. I, sorry. <laughs> um, for what? I, what are you sorry for? Oh, swearing. Uh, uh, what show it, is it, this? Yeah, what show come on do you now. We're on? We've been dropping F bombs the whole time. Fucking Sesame Street? <laughs> what is this? I, I don't I don't know why. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just so used to for where I am, you know, I swear a lot and then sometimes it it's I swear too much and then I just kinda Reel it back in. <laughs> yeah. Reel it in slowly. <laughs> Dude, your Discord name is down in deep 69. Pick a lane and stick with it. I think I think that has to do with his down in deep dirty thoughts that he probably has being in the place that he is as opposed to having a foul mouth. <laughs> Eventually, I will be going down in deep. Um, <laughs> How deep? That's classified. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> but will, will it be down and deep enough to perform an accurate 69? <laughs> uh, will you... 
you know what they say, you know, a uh, hundred, hundred sailors go down, 50 couples come up. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. God damn. In the Navy, you can help your fellow man. <laughs> oh, we've missed you, man. <laughs> uh, you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I broke okay. me. Yeah, next time you're gone. <laughs> um. Anyways, as 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 I was saying, I I, I think the uh, the Lightning's top two lines have, have been doing pretty well to where they've been able to kind of put in that third line a little bit. Indeed. Um. But uh, <laughs> my God. But no, I, I like the way they've been playing. You know, I th- I think they've been doing pretty well. So, I guess we'll we'll see what they what's what they have coming up. Um, I forget who they're playing this weekend. Um, take a quick look. See, it's not a team that has had a bunch of postponements like we've seen around the NHL. Yeah, we should talk oh about God. all the whole COVID situation going on. Um, they they're, play uh, Detroit Detroit Red Wings tomorrow. So. That- so I hate to say it, but I don't hate to say it. That should be that should be an easy win. Um, and then Sunday they play. Um, they don't. <laughs> no, they play so again they on Monday. They don't. Play, they play again on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, play again on Monday against Nashville. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm fairly hopeful for tomorrow's game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think Tampa should run that division. Honestly, I mean, they really should. They should. Um, you know, not trying to be biased, but I, I really think they should do very well in this division. Yeah, I mean, unless Dallas get catches hot like they did last year and they can try and run the table, but, I mean, we saw what happened in the cup finals. I mean, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I ended up owning them. So, But there's definitely going to be a fire underneath Dallas's ass every time they played the Lightning. That's for Oh, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. And same with Florida, too, but... Yeah, let's get to the uh, the unfortunate news of the COVID stuff going on. There's a lot of... There's a lot of games being postponed. A lot of games being postponed. Um, the Minnesota Wild, they have six players currently in the COVID protocol, so they canceled all their games, I believe, through the end of this weekend. Um, the Buffalo Sabres as well canceled a bunch of games. They were supposed to play against the Bruins this weekend. Um, they haven't supposed played. to play today too against. Yeah, New they York haven't Islanders. played. They haven't played all week. Um, so basically, if basically if any player gets placed on the COVID protocol, they or at least multiple players with, and and if other guys like so, just because you're placed on the COVID protocol doesn't mean that they have COVID. It just means that they could have been potentially exposed. Good, yeah. So they have to shut down that team for at least a week. Which is going to fuck with the whole schedule, but I mean, it is what it is. They had, they knew this going in. They had to expect it going in. So, um, the NHL. Well, they also. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, um, NHL also just announced. I just saw a thing up on uh, the games that I'm watching that they're invest. They're investing in rapid testing for all the games now. Yeah, I and saw. I think, I think that's it's pretty wise to do that. I saw it earlier because I I was reading earlier like. Like when I was out working today, that they they were like indifferent about doing that because they're already testing guys every day through like the safest way possible, but you don't get results back until at a later date. So really, they're basing it all off of like, you know, they could get a positive test two days later, and they it could be from two days ago, or it could be from yesterday, or it could be from last week. You know what I mean? But they're 
but supposedly that's like the safest way possible that they're doing it. And they said that they didn't want to have to test players twice a day, but they did come out and say that if they need to, they will do the rapid tests. They're also removing the glass behind um, the NHL came out today and said that they're giving each team a week to remove all the glass behind um, the benches just to get more airflow in there um, because they consider the bench to be like a COVID hotspot technically. I mean, granted, like all these guys are getting tested anyway, but that's but like they're where close they're, proximity too. So I get that, it. And then they also want to implement um, potentially uh, six feet in locker rooms between locker stalls, um, which would mean that teams uh, like home teams that have visiting opponents coming in, if they have a smaller locker room, they're going to have to figure out a way to do that and keep it safe for everybody. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of moving parts here over these next you know few weeks and obviously for the rest of the season, but the NHL sure. still can to yeah. get through the season, which I respect. There's also been, um, I don't know if you guys heard the rumors, but um, there's also been talk about, you know, the percentage of finishing the season in the bubble. Um, a lot of a lot of people have been talking about that going back and forth because of all the games being, you know, postponed and whatnot and having a shorter season and stuff. So it's, a, it's definitely a talk amongst everyone in the NHL. I mean, like I said last week, I think that a playoff bubble to some effect is going to be inevitable. But I think that we all want the bubble to be implemented only 100% if necessary. I believe teams and players feel the exact same way. But I mean, when it, when it comes to, you know, removing the glass, I understand that you want to increase airflow. I would imagine that they have air purifiers, you know, within the locker rooms, and stuff like that they do so but they're saying like with removing the glass because obviously there's no fans like so they don't have to worry about fan safety behind the behind the uh the benches and everything but they would add air purifiers behind there as well to go over to basically form like a little bubble over the benches just to make sure that the air quality is good and what it comes down to the the procedure that they have to abide by the league can do whatever they want at this point to try to stop the spread of this thing within the teams and within the divisions. I still think that it is 100% going to come down to what the players are doing in their personal downtime. And are these players making the sacrifices that they need to be making? And unfortunately we're seeing the, a lot of these guys aren't, I understand that, you know, you want to do your own grocery shopping, go out and do it by all means. You just have to be really effing careful if you don't want to use Postmates or something like that. So it just, it, it frustrates me that there are clearly guys who aren't taking this as seriously as others. And the league can do whatever they want at this point. But I don't think that, I, I, hate, hate, I hate to not be optimistic about you know removing glass and trying to create more social distancing within locker room settings i just don't think that that's going to solve the issue ethan you got any uh, thoughts on this yeah with covid um i don't know i really don't see removing the glass doing much like i get the, the theory of of the whole airflow granted i'm not in any way shape or form a medical professional we so should have I- all given that preface but <laughs> 
Yeah, we're not in the medical field here, so. <laughs> so, so I, you know, what I could be saying is complete bullshit, but, um, yeah, I, I appreciate the NHL trying to do their best to mitigate, um, chances of players getting COVID and and uh, just trying to keep people safe. But I agree with Cam. You know, it's it's inevitable that they're gonna go back to the bubble because, um, they they went so long without having any positive cases when they were in the bubble, I feel like, um, that it just, it, at this point in time, it just makes the most sense. Um, the whole six feet in locker rooms thing, I, I don't really see that being feasible. Cause you know, like you said, Nick, what if you have a, like a small visitors locker room or a small locker room in general, you know, how, how are you gonna, are you just gonna find other rooms like to, to put other people in? I feel like that's not really, I, I guess to say it again, it's not really feasible. Um, but testing them twice a day too, I think that's a bit excessive. You know, I I get that they're trying to do their best to keep track of, of how healthy people are um, and doing their best to make sure that the teams stay as, you know, COVID negative as possible. But I don't know. At this point in time, I think they might as well start the transition of going back into the bubble. Did you guys happen to see the comments today made by Andrew Kopp of the uh, Winnipeg Jets? No. No, what was it? NHL protocol. So the NHL also came out today with the protocol saying that players cannot arrive to the rink until an hour and 45 minutes before game time. He came out and said a lot of guys, like, well, first off, the rink is like the only place that we're allowed to go. Like Cam, Cam, like you said, we can't go out and go grocery shopping. We can't go out to restaurants. We can't even hang out with guys in the hotel room. So the only place that we can go is the rink. Right. Said that the reason why a lot of these guys come in three, four hours before a game time is they get worked on like rehab wise, like stretch out to prevent injury. Um, a lot of these guys have these big routines that they've been doing since they were 15, 16 years old, you know, and it turns out that Andrew Kopp is one of like the representatives in the NHLPA's negotiating committee. And this was his quote, really, really upset about it. We'll be fighting it for sure. If we were just worried, if we were just worried about the spread, we wouldn't be playing at all. So, and I guess uh, Mark Shifley, the, the ultimate captain on um, the Winnipeg Jets also spoke out on this too. And basically the NHL has come out and said that they're going to reconsider that whole hour, 45 minutes before game time, like getting to the rink, because it is true. I mean, there's two places these guys can go, the practice rink and then the game day rink. Where else are they? Where else can they go? I just, I don't understand the whole hour and 45 thing to begin with. Like what good is that really doing? If they wanted to show up three hours early, as opposed to an hour and 45 minutes early, you either have it or you don't. That hour and 15 minutes isn't going to make a fucking difference. I agree. Uh, I, no, I think it makes a ton of like a ton of difference to. Are you talking about to the league or to the players? To the players. Oh my God, Cam! That makes a world of difference to the players. Some of these guys go in. They'll go in for a seven o'clock game. They'll go in at three o'clock. They'll get rubbed out by by a, a trainer for an hour. To, no, no, to no, no! You're missing no, my think, point. You're Cam's you're missing. I think in terms yeah. of COVID, but I I think I kind of kind of disagree with that though because I feel like the less the last time you spend around uh, more people, right? You know, that's kind of why we have this 
the whole rule of you can't be with more than 10 people or you have to wear masks or you have to, you know, limit your exposure to other people. I think if you're allowed to go to the rink, you know, a few hours beforehand, like, like you said, Nick, you can show up at the rink at three o'clock for a seven o'clock game. If, if a lot of players are doing that, they're kind of risking more. They, they have a better chance of getting exposed. But not but if they're all, then they're all coming back negatives. I guess, and you know, I guess that's, that's, that's fair. the only place that they can. So wait, before, before we go on, I want to, I, Kim, you said I missed your point, so please. No, 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 no. I, I, you, you just misconstrued what I said. I kind of made it confusing. I meant the league. Like, it, it doesn't make sense to restrict these guys to only an hour 45. If they want to show up three hours early, they should be able to. Okay, okay, perfect. Yeah, so that's, I, then we're totally on agreement there. I mean, Sony, do you agree or? I agree. No, yeah. So, well, it sounds like then that Ethan may disagree. My biggest thing is, like, how come these guys can... Like, if they're not allowed to get to the rink, you know, three hours beforehand, instead they have to be there an hour 45, how can they go out and play a two-and-a-half-hour game, fight, celebrate after every goal, give high fives on and off the ice? Who knows what, like, granted, they're all wearing masks and stuff, like, when they're not, you know, on the ice and everything. But if you're not going to let them come in and go through their routine, I mean, they're professional hockey players. They got there for a reason. Most of these guys have had this established routine going for, like, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 years, you know? So if you're not going to, if you're not going to let a guy go into the locker room, tape his sticks the way that he wants to tape them, do the golf ball for stick handles, or say even for a goalie, I mean, goalies, Ethan, as you know, goalies are some of the most crazy, like regimented people out there, especially. Yeah. Goalies absolutely are like very superstitious. They're very, they have to do the, the same thing the same time over and over again. Um, so, so if so if if um, Vasilevsky shows up at the rink every day at the same time, if for a seven o'clock game he gets there at four forty-two, but now he has to get there at five fifteen, that's gonna that could throw that could throw off his whole game. Yeah, that's like an hour that he could have been doing something else with. Right, and I I totally and I and I totally understand that completely. And to an extent, I do I do agree with you on that. I think I'm just kind of more so trying to figure out the rationale behind what the league is trying to do, if that makes sense. Um, I do I do agree. A lot of these players, if not all these players, have their own pregame routine. You know that they that they do, and it could be completely altered or hindered if you know a significant amount of time is is taken out. But I mean, I I get what they're trying to do. You know lessen the the spread of covid by you know minimizing the amount of ice time or whatever but i i mean but, but they're also I mean, doubling down on everything that goes on on the ice oh of course they are but like how are you yeah. going to protect someone on the ice when they're you know shoving each other in the boards and giving them high fives and goals and stuff like there's a spread of covid right, right there but these guys um, these guys probably aren't even aren't even allowed to do like you know how most most hockey teams do like that soccer game before games i bet you they're yeah. not even yeah. allowed to do that no i bet you Probably they're not. not so really everybody is just kind of on their own at different parts of the rink i think the only the only time that they're actually all together is when they're playing each other right so then therefore they should not restrict what time they can get to the rink i think i mean that's just me yeah the fact that the league has not yet invested in rapid testing, listen, I understand that they want to 
that they didn't want to have to test guys twice a day or whatever it is. But listen, if Joe Rogan can get rapid testing in his studio, his personal fucking studio, a civilian getting that type of thing, the NHL should have had access to this long before. Oh, I agree. Very rich civilian. Yes. A very rich (laughs) civilian. Fair enough. And I understand the National Hockey League amongst the four, you know, sports here in the United States ranks the lowest when it comes to income and all of that generally speaking, but still they have more money than, than you and me and whoever else. So I just got an update on my phone, uh, 924 here on Thursday as we're recording, uh, Colorado avalanche on COVID-19 pause. Colorado will postpone their scheduled games through February 11th after multiple players were added to the COVID list. Oh yeah. That happened earlier because my Colorado game was postponed today. Um, you mentioned that. Sorry, sorry. I, 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 I thought we were going through the whole, you know, protocol list and whatnot. Yeah, Colorado's on that list. I was about to say it later. <laughs> um, New Jersey might be on that list pretty soon too, because I'm pretty so. sure they have about. I, I think they have 14 players on the COVID protocol list right now because one of my players for fantasy, um, Ty Smith, he was. He oh, was that young defenseman. As, um, yeah, he was set as uh, it was like day to day or or out or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean, and, I have um, two players that are out because of COVID. So, and I, I looked into the you know the the news that they give us, and it was saying that their next game against the Penguins is probably going to get postponed. So, and then Vegas is out too, but I think they come back yeah. this Vegas week. Vegas has been out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I wouldn't be surprised if all these teams got it. So. It's just something we have to. Well, and that's look the thing, at. though. I think that they're the only person that we really know that had it. I think, other than like one player in the wild who I forget at the top of my head right now, but Ralph Kruger, the the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres, tested positive and came. You said he was held 64, 65? I believe he's 61, but I can confirm that. I mean, and it makes you wonder how, how the hell did he get exposed to it? Was it from his team? Was it from. Him going out with his wife? Yeah, yeah, he's probably going out with his family, and that's... I mean, you never know how you can get it. I, I just can't, like... For what I do for work, I'm always, like, out and about. Like, granted, I'm always masked up and everything. But how are all these guys getting exposed, but I haven't? Or you haven't? Or You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I guess it, it depends on what you're doing, where you're going your immune system like uh, who knows well the thing is is like the, the the thing is with masks is like they are effective but only to an extent like social distancing is still the most important part about reducing the spread of this virus nick when, when you go out working i don't know how close of contact you get to with other people but i mean it, it comes back to with the national hockey league if one guy gets exposed and he goes out and plays a game and he's bumping into everybody everyone and their mother out on the ice it's they're all exposed way more exposed than we are because they're a not social distancing and b they don't have masks on so i'm sure that's part of it yeah no for sure i mean it's just i don't know these whole times are just fucking insane well hopefully the vaccine will help and we can get back to regular hockey seasons that's, I, my, I, that's my goal. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, speaking uh, of craziness, so the craziness, so that's also going on around the league, we got to touch on um, 
the unfortunate news, but also maybe fortunate for the league and for the New York Rangers organization, Tony D'Angelo, uh, GM Jeff Gordon came out this week and said that uh, Tony D'Angelo has played his last game as a Ranger. Um, he's had a bad background going back to unfortunate, you know, potentially racism comments towards um, other peers and players when he was playing in the OHL. And um, turns out the other night, I mean, he only had, he only had one assist, zero goals through six games, but I think it's, it's, it's much bigger than that. Um, Tony D'Angelo, this is also, I didn't know this until doing some research. This is his third team and he's only been in the league for like four or five years. He's 25 years old. And, um, I believe he was drafted. He was drafted by the Lightning, and then traded to Arizona, and then Arizona traded him to New York. Yeah. So if Arizona doesn't want you, okay. they're, they're that's a big issue. The fact that New York even took him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's a hell of a player, but I mean, this guy has like a, a like a bad background. And the other night, I guess him and Alex. Um, I don't want to get his name wrong. Hang on. Uh, Georgia. Oh, Alexander Georgiev, I guess, had a miscommunication on the ice where it led to the game-winning goal. And turns out D'Angelo confronted and went after and had like a heated argument and went after Alexander Georgiev, the young goaltender on the Rangers. And multiple teammates had to step in and break him up. And one of them was Keandre Miller, who there was a lot of speculation when Keandre Miller scored his first goal this year in the NHL, that Tony D'Angelo went and took his puck and supposedly gave it to the equipment manager. But you know how, like, all the guys, when they score their first goal, they always get, like, that yeah, picture get, with the puck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Andre Miller didn't have the puck because That's Tony D'Angelo went to the net and took it and grabbed it. So suppose, there's there's a, there's stories out there that supposedly he took the, took the puck away from Keandre Miller because of the color of his skin, and he's black. And he's a rookie. It's, it's, yeah, and supposedly, it's like, the rookie, the rookie hazing has been bad, supposedly, from Tony D'Angelo. So, I mean, this guy, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know him from anything, but he sounds like a piece of shit. Yeah. I was about to say, based off of what you just said, he seems like a real shitbag, and I don't appreciate that. And I'm actually glad that that was his last game. Like, good riddance. You might well, be a great player, but your attitude sucks, and you're a dick. I, well, yeah, I don't... Go on, Ethan. Go, ahead, go on. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't... I don't care how how good you are at hockey, right? Obviously, you're you're good enough to get to the NHL. If anything, this should put you at more higher standards, being a quote unquote celebrity. But how about just a professional? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. For a human being, like, come on. Like, obviously, I everyone's brought up differently. Um, you know, Nick, you were saying it earlier with uh, uh, with what you you saw with his father or whatever. Yeah, his father um, had this crazy quote, like basically backing up his statements that he made in the OHL, saying like, "Oh yeah, he's saying what I would say because that's how I was brought up." Like basically referring to the racial slurs, which to me, horrible. You know, I I have a like I guess a I think a good perspective on life in terms of just treating people well, like treating people like they are people. You know what I mean? where I feel like it's not hard to be a good person. 
you know, even if you have these really negative or, or hateful thoughts or comments that you want to say, fucking nut up and bite your tongue. Don't say anything. Like the whole cliche, you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. Like, come on. It's Just so... Keep, keep it to yourself. It's so shitty. But, I don't know. So I just I, wanted I, to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I could go on and on about just people being really horrible to other people, but we... But that's probably a different podcast platform. But anyways, you go ahead. So basically, I just wanted to read from NHL.com and, and their reporters... Um, Oh, we lost Nick. Report. <laughs> anyway, well, oh, is he coming back? Yeah. Are you saving me uh -huh. time for editing? Do I not have to sit here and edit a bunch of shit? <laughs> anyway, I think we we touched base on all that anyway. So well, he um, definitely has a little more he wants to say, and he's back. He's back. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so I get it turns out that Tony D'Angelo was uh, scratched. So I'm reading from NHL.com. Tony D'Angelo was given an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on top of a holding penalty in the third period of a four nothing loss to the New York Islanders on January 14th. He didn't play the next two games. Good quote. Uh, you know what? Tony wasn't able to move on from that. It was something that he was trying to get through. Uh, Jeff Gordon said, who's the GM of the Rangers. I had spoken to him at that time, and I said, listen, if there are any more issues here, the time is going to come where we're going to put you on waivers and move on. No more issues. If your name isn't anything at all that we have to hear, we're going to move on. We're going to make sure that we're going to make sure of that move. I made that statement to him. Something happened on Saturday, which was the fight that broke up between him and Georgiev, and I pretty much have to stay true to my word here and the organization's word that it was time to move on. That is what it is. We feel like moving on from Tony is the right thing to do. It's about winning, and we feel like this is a move we had to make in our room to put us on a path to winning. So not only was Tony D'Angelo, um, well, with his, given his background already, but he couldn't get over the fact that he was scratched after making multiple mistakes on the ice in an NHL game. Because he probably didn't notice. He, he didn't think about it. He's just so like, he's oh, I was, I was arrogant, fine. Yeah, cocky, arrogant kind of guy that... Yeah. Well, it's not my fault. I did whatever I could. Yeah, he's like, fuck that. That's. I'm glad he's gone. See you later. Well, is he gone, though? That raises the question. Does another team give him a chance in the National Hockey League? The only way they can, though, they have to trade for him. They have yeah. to trade for him, but... And he's got a $4.8 million cap hit. And that's the thing. I think New York's going to have to eat a lot of that. And I was listening, watching the... Bruins and Flyers game on NBCSM last night, Bob McKenzie was talking about it, that basically um, the Rangers could buy him out at the end of this year and and have to they'll have to take like a three hundred thousand dollar, you know, penalty or whatever this year and then an eight hundred thousand dollar penalty next year. But basically when you buy somebody out, you don't have to pay them all that money up front. So they could pay they could pay them in increments, like in increments over, yeah. over the years. So it won't hurt him that bad, but I mean, this yeah. guy—he's—he's he's a skilled player, but he's just just sounds like a total scumbag. Yeah. So who knows what'll happen with him? But Listen, for I now, th I think if this if this was the National Football League, the NBA, Major League Baseball, he easily gets another chance with another team. 
that's just my what my gut is telling me. I feel probably right. I, yeah. I, but I feel like when it comes to the National Hockey League, there is a much higher standard for this type of thing. And I just the fact that team a team would have to trade for him, I think already kind of takes away the possibility of him playing this year. I don't think anybody's going to want to give up anything for him. Um, but if he is available, say, next year or two seasons from now, it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's possible. I mean, if he's going to continue his hockey career, it's, in my opinion, probably going to be in Europe. It could be. Yeah, I feel like if – excuse me. Um, I feel like it would be pretty hypocritical of – of the NHL league to keep him, you know, with an NHL contract because I'm, I'm obviously, I'm sure you guys know the whole, you know, hockey's for everyone that they do. Um, I feel like if you keep a person who is so discriminatory or prejudiced, I feel like that's very, I don't know, that's low. That's not, I don't think you, that's very hypocritical, I guess, is what I'm saying. So I definitely don't see his career going any further. I don't see another team picking him up. I think um, teams will will see his past and see that, you know what, he's not a good guy in the locker room. He's not a good guy on the ice. And we just we just don't need that kind of person on our, on our team kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Tough, tough times for sure. I mean, that's something obviously we don't want to – like it's not something we enjoy talking about. I mean, obviously we just want to give all you guys – our listeners updates on what's going on in the league, but I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough look, especially during a, during a time where the league is already, you know, it's going, but it's barely going at the same time. And, you know, we'd rather focus on the positive things that are going on than the negatives, but. Well, not to mention Nick, just a a racially turbulent time in this country. So to hear these reports of. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing is like, I hope that no team picks him up because in a league that already is very, very Caucasian, just, (laughs) it's just a fact. I'm just pointing it out there. It, to have a guy like that in the league, so blatantly racist or just having a racist past like that, it's not a good look for the league and it pushes other, you know, races away from the National Hockey League and from hockey in general, when hockey really is supposed to be for every everybody, so including including all the ladies out there, which yesterday was National Women in Sports Day, so we just got to give them a shout out. Unfortunately, what happened um, this week news uh, just the other day that the NWHL, which was having a, a great tournament going on um, up in Lake Placid, New York. Uh, playoffs were set to start this weekend. Unfortunately, due to uh, COVID and um, too many risk factors, I guess, and players and personnel, um, close contact and everything, they had to postpone the rest of the tournament. So we just want to say that we're thinking of all you players and coaches and everybody that's involved in the NWHL. You guys are doing a great job. Don't give up. I mean, the league is is up and coming. I mean, this this weekend they were going to have all of the games on NBCSN, like yeah. national team. Yeah. So I mean, don't don't count out women's hockey because that thing is on the up and coming, and a lot of these ladies would make some of these guys out there on the ice. Oh my god, yeah, they're fierce. Look like nothing. I feel yeah. like out of all the professional sports that have women's leagues, I think, I think the the WNH or the yeah W WNHL is that what it is. W- W yeah and NWA. The W the N- <laughs> What the fuck? NWA. 
National Women's Hockey League. <laughs> I think that is probably the most prominent female professional league out there. I agree. Yeah. I, I don't see the WNBA being very big. Um, women's soccer, I'm sure, Cam, you could, you might be able to attest to it, but I feel like, you know, they have gained some ground over the past, I don't know, a couple of years or so, but I, I don't know. I feel like it, when women's it's not- hockey is probably great for women's sports in general. Yeah, I completely agree. And and when it comes with soccer, when it's not at the international level, unfortunately, it just isn't quite as popular. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, that's actually it's a good point because I have I notice a lot, um, at least from being around youth hockey, you know, especially refereeing, I've noticed a lot of um, focus towards girls hockey, especially you know their select teams or travel teams. And the high school teams, I love to see that they're putting a really big emphasis on on girls hockey. I think that's great. Well, yeah, and oh. I think programs across the board for girls hockey are getting bigger. I mean, even just in Natick, where I live, it's been fantastic watching the high school program and the youth programs grow. Because when I was in middle school watching a friend of mine, his older sister was on the high school team for a few years. I mean, it was a very small program at the time. They barely had enough players for varsity. Now they have enough players, you know, six, seven years later for, you know, a varsity team, a JV team, and a freshman team. I mean, it's fantastic to see the way it's grown just here in Natick, and it has gotten exponentially bigger nationwide for women's hockey. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I used to go to uh, hockey games that, like, my, my really good friend was on the women's hockey team in high school and in college. And, you know, back then it wasn't as, you know, big in high school as it is now, so... I think um, I think it's a great step in the right direction for for women hockey. And I mean, you can you can find women's college hockey. Um, they show that on Nesson all the time, especially with the mm-hmm. with the the hockey East Division. All, a bunch of those games are aired. You can find some on ESPNU or on like the Big Ten Network and stuff. I mean, a lot of the and a lot of these college programs have these great um, these great women women hockey programs and. No, you look at the USA team, the United States women's national team. I mean, they were so good. I mean, they won gold. What was that? Three, four years ago. I mean, they're they're a top-notch program, and so is a Canadian um, program too. So, you know, I mean, I think, like I said, I think the the ladies uh, the ladies game in, in hockey is is on the up and coming and. I really hope that the NWHL and the NHL can kind of form some partner partnership here where NWHL gets the exposure that they deserve. So, yeah. Um, let's move on. Do a quick. I just want to give a quick check in on uh, Patrick Liney. He did score his first goal as a Columbus Blue Jacket tonight, uh, as we record here on Thursday. Yeah, I saw that. Um, it was awesome. Against against Dallas. So hey, good for him. Um, let's see. Uh, oh. Sonia, you had a few notes uh, regarding uh, the Seattle Kraken. Um, yeah, Seattle Kraken names um, John Forslund as the new play-by-play announcer, which is pretty cool that, you know, because you great. don't hear a lot of buzz right now from Seattle. He's a great, he's a great play-by-play guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's outstanding. He does a lot um, for NBC, uh, NBCSN, so. Yeah, so I think that'll be a great addition, especially with Seattle. Good first voice to have if you're Seattle. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, for sure. Oh, for uh, sure. Oh, for sure. 
Um, I also said Jim Rutherford stepped down as GM for the Penguins. There's a lot of commotion about that right now and trying to find the new GM. There's a lot of prospects out there. So, I mean, uh, yeah, Kim, I was going to say, with you being a fan of the Capitals, and I mean, obviously now the Bruins are in the same division as the Penguins, but given having to go up against Crosby and Malkin and Latang and all those guys, you know, over the last however many years it's been, Jim Rutherford is been one of the most active GMs. He's always willing to add good good talent to his to his roster, to his team to try and win a Stanley Cup, and he's won multiple Stanley Cups. What do you make of this? I mean, I'll be honest. The last few years, I think the Penguins organization has been slipping, and I, I've read a lot of people who would kind of agree with my stance on it. I think that Jim Rutherford kind of was on the way out to begin with and the Penguins were probably going to start looking in a new direction because that organization the last couple of years has certainly gone a little bit stale compared to the 16, 17 cup teams and whatnot. Um, For Pittsburgh, I think the timing is unfortunate. I still don't know the circumstances over him stepping down. Does anybody know the circumstances? And I just missed it. I had heard um, from another podcast which means that it probably came from a reputable source that uh he was asking owners if he could make some sort of trade wasn't said what player he was looking to move but i mean if you're asking ownership to make a move it's probably a decent piece um and the owner said no they they thought that what they had right now was good enough to win games uh this year and so who knows? Maybe he was trying to shop Malkin, who's had oh, okay, a, yeah, a, yeah. I did hear that. I actually yeah, did hear that. A little rumor. A, about a tough that. start to the season, or maybe he's looking to move the Tang. I mean, he 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 traded Patrick Hornquist, you know. So it's like I don't know, but supposedly they had their differences, and he just said, you know what, I'm just going to take this year to focus on my health, and you know. Yeah, so I I think that you know. I think ownership probably wasn't already in a great place with him and he had a certain vision for the team that ownership did not share. And like you said, Nick, he decided it was time for him to just step away for at least this season. And it is shit timing for the penguins being right in the middle of an already uh, hectic season. But I think, I honestly think that this is a good thing for the penguins overall, maybe not in the short term, but in the long term, just to kind of uh, liven things up in the organization a little bit. And, as a fan of a team that shares a division typically with the Penguins, it doesn't scare me, but it certainly got my attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it just came came across as very sudden, and uh, no one really. I mean, there, like you said, Nick, there there could have been, you know, if he wanted to trade players and whatnot, but you don't really know the full story. But I think it definitely came to a shock to uh, the Penguins. So, who knows what's going to happen? Ethan, do you have anything on that? Um, I, I honestly really don't know. I, I really don't. That's kind of shitty, but... That's okay. <laughs> hey, this is what it is. Why do you give a fuck about the Penguins? You don't even got to deal yeah. with them in the division. <laughs> exactly. Like I I would like to pay attention more to around the league, but... Right. Obviously. Um, yeah, I also want to touch base. Uh, Doug Armstrong, which is the GM for uh, St. Louis Blues was named uh, the Canadian GM for the 2022 Beijing Olympics men's hockey team. So that's pretty awesome. Kudos Camp to him. Your boy too, Don yeah. Sweeney. GM of the year. GM of the year. <laughs> GM of that team. 
Um, and then Nick, did you want to bring up uh, Connor McDavid? I mean, the guy is just a fucking machine. Like I like I put in the in the show notes, he's in fuego. I mean, yeah. he he had that that goal where he just goes end to end, and it's just like, oh, believe me, dude. Drunk many, Cam loved that. Dude, he, <laughs> he is just insane. It's it's ridiculous. How many times can he do this? Like, I mean, keep it coming. But like, Jesus Christ, I think him and Dreisaitl each had four or five points in like the yeah. first period the other night. Yep. It's and just, I was like, what the Dre- shit? <laughs> Dreisaitl, didn't he have, I don't, I'm going to get the number wrong, but didn't he have six points and all of them were assists in one game? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Insanity. Those two combined are just, like you said, on fire. It's it's incredible. It's lethal. I yes, just, lethal. <laughs> I just wonder, like, I mean, I know he's, like, signed to, like, this huge contract and everything, but, like, do you think it's going to get to a point where Connor McDavid is like, you know what? If we can't fucking win the Stanley Cup within the next four years, I'm not spending my time here. Like, I'm not. Like, like... And it seems like a lot of a lot of players that play there, are like, yeah, you know, it's great. Like, you know, every everybody's very passionate about you know the about the Oilers. And, you know, we're, we're such like a hockey regimented and hockey traditions, um, you know, city and in, in Canada and everything. But like Taylor Hall forced his way out of there. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he's still there, but like he wanted out like two years ago. You know, and then you have these world-class talents in Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl. And it's like, here they are. They play 12 games. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're 500. And they've been playing the same goalie. And forgive me for forgetting his name. I forget his name right now, and it's really fucking bothering me. But he's played, like, the last, like, seven games, including, like, back-to-backs. And he's kept a minute. But, like, at what point, when are you going to get to the point where you're like, Okay, you know what? Maybe instead of drafting like a top forward, can we draft like a few good goalies or at least go out and sign a free agent goalie? Or maybe it's just the fact that free agents don't want to go there, even though they get to play with Connor McDavid. What are the chances that they're even going to play in the top line with Connor McDavid? Well, that's the thing with Edmonton. It's like they have a core that's still, at least when you talk about Dry Seidel and McDavid, it's still relatively young. If you can hang on to them, you can draft better pieces. However, if you don't know if you'll be able to keep them for an extended period of time, you might have to go out and acquire pieces. So if you can't acquire pieces through free agency, if guys don't want to go there, what do you have to give up in a deal to acquire the pieces? Because the defense is questionable. The goaltending, I think, is is slightly questionable. Miko Koskinen is the guy I think you were referring yes, to. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so with those two big question marks there, really lethal offense to begin with, what do you have to give up in a trade, so to speak, to put yourself in a winning position within the next three to four years? Yeah, and right. I, th- I think I think Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will probably stay for at least another three or four years, or maybe more. Shit, Edmonton better hope so. I mean, yeah, they're they're their best players of uh, of all time. I think. For, I mean, for this Wayne Gretzky, couple seasons. Yeah. No, no. Besides <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like the last two seasons. I mean, it's just um, absolutely insane. Connor McDavid, 12 games played, eight and 16 for 24 points. Leon Dreisaitl, 12 games played, seven and 15 for 22 points. The drop off is substantial after that. With Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 12 uh, games played, five and five for 10 points. Freaking Nugent Hopkins. 
<laughs> At first, he wasn't doing well for me. And then yeah, kind of <laughs> don't even up. get me started, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also that that actually brings up the whole Connor McDavid thing brings up my my pucking around question, um, which I don't know if you guys are ready to go into pucking around. I'm very ready. I am. I just want to I just want to let everybody know the battle the battle of Alberta uh, is set to begin. Looks like on Friday night. That's Fuck a, yeah. Calgary and Edmonton. So keep your eyes peeled for that one because. That... Also, oh yeah, and also end of. I'm sure we'll bring this up next next week on the podcast. But uh, the outdoor Lake Tahoe games. Yes. Um, are happening in a couple weeks, which I'm stoked about. I think it's mm-hmm. like February 20th and 21st. Yeah, something like that. I, yeah, so that'll I mean, be awesome but... because Lake Tahoe in general is just beautiful. So playing outside, mm-hmm. I'm stoked. But yeah, so you got the first Battle of Alberta, um, Edmonton at Calgary on sat on Saturday at it would be nine nine p.m. our time. Mountain time is one hour behind us, right? Yes. Yeah. Mountain so, time is two hours no, it's behind. Two us. hours. Two, two hours. hours okay, so ten. So ten p.m. But it is going to be the Hockey Night in Canada. So who knows? Maybe NHL Network can get their hands on that and you can watch that late night Saturday night with a couple glasses of whiskey for you there. Whiskey, Kian. wine, whatever your pleasures are. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, Yeah, so on that note, let's let's uh, slide into the pucking around segment. Quit pucking around. Oh, fuck you. No, hey, fuck you. Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Guys, stop pucking around. Let's oh, go. Never, oh never gets old. Ethan snap. <laughs> oh my Ethan. god. <laughs> Did that sound? <laughs> I mean, like how good? How good did it feel to hear that again? The the nostalgia. It's oh my goodness! It brings I back it. memories. <laughs> it brings back great memories. Uh, <laughs> I do. We do. Did you and I do the best at that project? Was that was that us? Did we get top spot? You yeah, probably think- did. Did I grade you guys on? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know if it was you or if it was. What was his name? Mark? I don't even know. I was Mac. in Mark's group. But let me say, you guys may have had top project, but can I at least get MVP for not only taking the lead spot in yeah. my group, yeah. but then doing <laughs> pretending to be three different people for three, three different, different fucking shows? <laughs> what were you like? You were uh I, I can tell you, I was Bill Belichick in my group. I was Corey Taylor in Johnny's group with Hunter. And I was... Uh-huh. <laughs> And I was Charlie McAvoy for making it. Oh man, good old days. Damn the man, the man of multiple things. Good job, Cam. If we didn't, that's say what it they before. call me in the back streets as well. <laughs> the back streets of Natick. Yeah, the back streets of Natick as well as my my uh, bed sheets. Can we move on? I'm really not liking this bet that I'm <laughs> okay. going for. So, uh, Nick, why don't you start with your question? Oh, well, damn. I figured with Ethan being his first day back, we'd start with him. But we'll go. Oh, okay. Well, Ethan, do you have a question? I, no, no, I no, have no, a no. question. Oh, okay. okay, go ahead. No, forget you, Nick. Ethan, go for <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, it's a little bit of a it's, it's a little bit of an odd, an odd thinking question, but... I would expect that from you. Yeah. With these divisions being, you know, different than they normally are... Um, all right, so how do I word this? If you could take one team from like each division and put them in a different division, what would you do? 
Does that make sense? Like, yes. you're saying like a team or players, just a team, team? A team. So if you could take a team from like the East and put it in either the Central or the West or, or the North and, you know, would with, the, with each league, what, what would you do? Uh, I've got one and and I'm only picking this because I was, I, my brain still hasn't fully adjusted to the new realignment of the divisions. I was listening to hockey central today while I was at work on Spotify. And I remember they were talking about the Maple Leafs and I remember thinking, Oh man, the Bruins haven't played the Maple Leafs yet this year. When's that going to happen? And then it took it took me a minute to remember. So <laughs> to remember uh, these odd COVID times. So I'm going to go with, I wish that the Bruins could could actually play the Maple Leafs this year. In part to my own stupidity, also in part to missing Nick talk shit about the Maple Leafs. Because in the last three episodes, we certainly have uh, had a, um, a lack of that, just given the um, lack of proximity between the Bruins and the Maple yeah. Leafs this year. Yeah, and I mean, and I and I said last week, and I I was like, oh, like mentioning like, oh, you know, the Canadians, like they're one of the top teams. I like, can't wait to see them play the Bruins. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Right. <laughs> oh, that would have been a great answer too. Yeah, but so because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use that as my answer. Um, I would I would like to see. Uh, See, I don't want to keep it to the east, though. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Like, I want to, like, mm. you could, you know you could I, take I a would team like, from a different, you know, you could take a team from the west I, and put it in. I know. It's just like geographically, it's just a most. Oh, of it, all right. Well, let's, let's take, but, but take geography out of it. Yeah. Take geography out of it. I mean, throw, I'd like to see, um, I like to see Chicago in the West just to just to play St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota, like all teams that they've kind yeah. of established, established rivalries with over the last, you know, however many years it's been. Again, I mean, this is the first time they've aligned the divisions the way they are in a little bit. So I, I would like to see that. I mean, granted, I do like the fact that, um, you know, you renew that Chicago-Detroit rivalry, but neither team is really great right now. So I, I'd like to see Chicago get get back in with like the kind of the Western, the Midwest teams. Um, I kind of want to see if I were to be specific on teams, I kind of want to see Montreal and um, either uh, Tampa Bay lightning or Montreal and the caps play. I think that would be a, an interesting lineup. But Montreal in with the, uh, the central. Yeah, why not? Who would you take out of the Central? That I don't know. Probably Dallas. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I'd take probably, yeah, either Dallas or even Florida, but... But Florida's in the same state as Tampa. Yeah. (laughs) I know, I know, I get it. We're taking geography out of this, remember? Wait, so what about Arizona? Are they technically West? They're the West, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, I think Montreal and little Tampa Bay Lightning action would be fun. That would be fun, especially yeah. eight times a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, selfish reasons, uh, I'm I'm taking St. Louis and I'm I'm putting them in the Central Division because I like, um, I like the fact that that Tampa's played against Columbus. You know, given the 
oh, is it 2019? Um, but I also I also think St. Louis would be a pretty good uh, team to play against. And against but, St. Louis, Columbus too. St. Louis, I, Dallas, like. I think all, that'd be a solid spot for them. Yeah, those, those are all pretty good rivals right there. That was a great question. Good question, E. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, who's next? Well, Nick, you kind of got volunteered before, so why don't you take it? All right, I guess I'll take it. Uh, (laughs) So my question is, if you could take uh, one professional athlete from another sport, because Cam requested it, they could be retired or currently active, what sport would you – what athlete would you take – and uh, where would you like them to play in the NHL? Not specifically a team, but what position would you like them to play? Okay, I have one. All right, go for it. Um, I would choose Lewis Hamilton from Formula One Racing. And yeah, don't give me that look, Cam. I'm just trying to figure out why. Who? <laughs> because he's... You don't know who Lewis Hamilton one. is? No. What? I thought it's he was okay, like Nick, a, I have no idea who he is. I, I thought he was like a British. Anyway, he's like the top rated <laughs> number one Formula One driver. It's what the Broadway show is named after. He was knighted like two months ago by the Queen of England. But anyway, I would I would take him um and probably place him as I don't know, maybe left wing. What is he, five six? No, he's six two or something. And he drives in an F one car? Yeah, look him up. No, and he's, and him. he's black. <laughs> what a cunt. Why am I cunt? I don't care. Oh, you're just a stubborn little boy. I also don't consider that like a professional athlete. You drive a car. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, don't even go there, Nicholas. Don't even. <laughs> I get it. Like, it goes like 180 miles an hour. Like, that's sick. But, like, uh, try more than that, but okay. okay that's like saying my sport wasn't very difficult. What? But okay. Never mind. Keep skeleton. going. What was your sport? Skeleton. What's what? that? Oh, forget it. I remember. Oh, wait, that, I remember. That's, um, that's a that's a that's a winter sport. That's um is that kind of like skiing? No, it's like bobsled, luge, but head first. Oh. Oh. Yes. That's like you saying that that's, that's like, not a sport. But that's me. like sick. Like, I don't know. And so driving a car driving. 180 miles an hour isn't sick. Listen, if you wanted to make a case for NASCAR, I could understand that, Nick. They make left fucking turns. Formula yeah, One is a little bit different. <laughs> I guess that's yeah, fair. Just, uh, yeah. NASCAR is just But a anyway, look them up. Like, that's who I chose. Does, does it need to be like in athletic shape to drive a car? I think He's so. very great shape. You, I think so because if you're it going 180 – you're going it's like a pilot you need to be in really good condition if you're going to put your body through that type of stress absolutely thank you cam at least you know uh, i've never watched f1 ever before and I'm, i've heard like the documentary on netflix is cool and everything it's just not my stick believe me i've never watched it either but if i was going to watch anything it would be that well it comes back in march if you want to give it a peep <laughs> i'll give it a peek <laughs> But anyway, that was that was my answer. So <laughs> I just love Nick. Oh, he got so close to the camera. Who? Fantastic! It's fucking fantastic. Who? 
I guess I can give my answer. And you know what? I really couldn't think of anybody else, but I think that my answer is sort of good. Um, I don't know what position I'd want him to play, but I think that a guy like Michael Jordan or just anybody with that level of compete in the National Hockey League is a good thing. Because, you know, you make the whole argument between Michael Jordan and LeBron all you want. I don't have a, say, a stake in that argument. I don't know fucking anything about basketball. But what I do know is that Michael Jordan was one hell of a competitor, maybe one of the best that we've seen in recent memory across all of professional sports. So a guy with that level of want and need to win in the National Hockey League is such a good thing. And so would you say the same thing about Brady then? You could absolutely say the same thing about Brady. I would. I thought about saying Tom Brady, but... You knew you were going to bring it up somehow. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like, Brady is like Jordan of the NFL. I no, mean, you're absolutely right. Just Jordan was the first place that my mind went to. Yeah. He was the biggest competitor in, in the NFL and in all of sports for our generation. Sonic is fucking burn, <laughs> burning alive. Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no comment. What? <laughs> Are you upset because I didn't know who Louis Hamilton was? No, I'm not upset at all. You just brought up Brady, and I was like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> uh, Cam, what position would Michael Jordan play? I feel like he'd be a sick goaltender. I didn't even really. Really. Yeah, huh? the height might or be defense. a problem. Defense would be interesting, uh, just because of his size, but with. I don't know. That's the thing is that's why I prefaced it with I have no idea what position I think he should play because again I really don't know that much about basketball. So. Sending like no look, no look like saucer passes through his legs all the way up to the blue line to get somebody on a breakaway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like with his level of of uh, ability in basketball, I think he would have to be a more offensive minded player. Yeah. So that's my answer. All right, Ethan, what about you? So my answer is a little bit unorthodox, surprise, surprise, um, because I've recently been getting more into <laughs> golf. Um, I'm putting Tiger Woods as a defensive partner with P.K. Subban. <laughs> okay, interesting. Did you watch the Tiger documentary on HBO yet? I haven't. I haven't, but I, I think I should. I Do I have HBO? I don't think I have HBO. Get a 30-day 30, 30 day trial and cancel it. It's, I think it's only two episodes. Okay. All right. I only watched the first one, but it's fucking crazy how good he was. Oh, my God. He was insane. It's a but, good one. You know, it's so funny that you just said that because I was literally just like, damn, Tiger would be like, imagine Tiger, like, just takes it so like professionally and so seriously. Like, the only thing I would I would do is like work on my stick handling and my saucer passing, or like my stretch line passing or like my slap shot. Like you would just like work, work, work like all day, all night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. Well. What about you, Nick? If I had to choose one, if I had to choose one athlete from another sport, current or present, to play in the NHL, I would choose Barry Bonds and put him on the point and just take clap bombs. I would go bar down 752 times. Roided up or not roided up? 
roided the roided fuck up yeah. is the only correct answer. <laughs> roided the fuck up. Uh, but if I had to choose another one, it would be Ken Griffey Jr. as a center. That dude would be filthy. Like just, he'd be like your perfect two-way player. Like plays defense, can shoot, score, pass, fast. Yeah, that's a really good answer. All dynamic, you know, all around dynamic athlete. If I had to go current though, I'd put I'd put David Andrews as in a in a in goal. He wouldn't have to move. He would just take up the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Center for the New England Patriots. I I really had to think about who that was. I had to think so hard about who that was. <laughs> really? I did. I really did. I I just my brain said no. Okay, give me Aaron Aaron Donald on the the line back the line the. The end for the Rams. That dude's yep. fucking huge. Put him in that. He'll stop everything. It's like the walrus commercial that Geico did. Yes. <laughs> it's a freaking walrus. <laughs> Throws a fish at him. <laughs> Good job, buddy. <laughs> oh my. All right. Uh, now we have Cam, right? Yes, sir. Um. You want to go next, or uh, yeah, no, we'll go to Cam. Ladies last this time. Oh, fine. Okay, I see how it is. That's what you get for not liking Tom fucking Brady on this panel. (laughs) Listen, all right, just go. Okay, so there's a lot of talks about how the rest of the season is going to play out, and obviously the postseason. So I want to ask you guys how if you had full a full control of how the NHL playoffs were to work, how would you do it? There are no real variables here. I'm giving you guys complete control to run it exactly as you want. Jeez. Uh... Meaning like... Will it be in a bubble? How many bubbles? Will the teams be still traveling from city to city? Whatever you want. I, I think it will be like it was last year. Bubble, and they only play in. I don't know. They only last year was what they only played in Canada. Canada and uh, two cities: Toronto and Edmonton. Toronto, and Edmonton. right? So oh yeah. I maybe. <laughs> I don't know if it'll go to that extreme, but I think there will be some sort of a bubble for playoffs. But you're asking if we were in control. If you are in complete control, you can do this however you want to do. I would, I would, I would do it like kind of based off region. Like, I think, I think with the way the NHL has it set up right now is kind of smart. Like, top four teams from each division make the playoffs one versus four, two versus three, then one versus four, and then you get your final four, and then you play the final four between the four cities. I think that's smart. No bubble. And hopefully by then enough people are vaccinated or this whole thing is fucking calmed down enough where you can get some sort of fans in the building. I like that. I like that idea. And I like that, um, that thing, but like, I, I would say if it's an 82 game season and you're back to just two conferences, like make it the top eight teams, please. It doesn't like, yeah, if you if you win the division, great. But guess what? You need to be the one of the top eight teams in the in the conference to make the playoffs. Ethan, 
So I'm I'm putting some thought into this, and this might sound odd, but I say get rid of um, the second round, right? So you know how it goes? It goes first round, second round. Yes. So was it semifinals and then Quarter, finals? semi, conference, and then Quarter, final. semi, conference, yeah. So get rid of that. Get rid of that second round. So take take the top two teams from the conference finals and have them face off against each other. And then the winner of those teams or the winner of those two games, two games, where those games play in the playoffs. I know that sounds weird, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to, trying to think of something. Wait, so you're different. saying get rid of the semis. Yes. So where it's usually, um, you know, one verse four and then two verse three. Oh, so you're talking the conference finals. Is that what it is? Yeah. If you're at the final four, yes. so it's 16 and then it goes to eight, then it goes four, and then it goes two. Right. Right. So you're, you're eliminating, you're eliminating the what? The eight? Yes. We're, we're eliminating the eight and well, we're going to take, no, 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 we're not eliminating, we're, we're eliminating the four, right? The four. The four. Okay. And we're taking the top, the top two teams from the eight and they're going to play against each other. And then the winner goes to the final. Oh, I see what you're doing. Oh. Huh. I don't know if I'm stupid or if I'm really happy that Ethan doesn't work in the NHL front office. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of both, I guess. Like, because I actually really didn't follow that, I'll be honest. I'm lost. Like, so you start with 16 and then you just jump to four? Yes. So what? <laughs> It's cutthroat. Why don't so you just start? How do you, how do you eliminate? How do you eliminate the from the sixteen to the four? Or you I mean, it's, to the? It's, it's the top two. That doesn't yeah, answer so, the sorry, question. I, I don't think that works. <laughs> <laughs> I w- I would say maybe like eliminating the eight, <laughs> but not the four. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I am so confused. <laughs> this is how that question makes me feel. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? My God, I love him so much. <laughs> yeah, I that, that makes no sense to me. I don't get your logic on that. Sorry, Ethan, but that's why he's got the voice logic. logic and reason. That's true. That's right. And speaking of logic and reason, what I would do personally <laughs> nice is segue. <laughs> yes, thank you. Very logical. Very reasonable. What I think uh, the NHL should do, and I think that they'll do something along these lines, is the first round of the playoffs will be restricted within the divisions. So the top four teams make it from each division. I don't know exactly how it's going to work because I haven't fleshed it out. The top four teams from each division, as we know, will make it. They will play the first round within the confines of those divisions. Um, Actually, probably the first two rounds because of the fact that Canada is still doing their thing up with the Scotia North division. So the first two rounds will be restricted within your original divisions. And then when you get to the semifinals, that's when you open things up to the entire national hockey league. And I think we will see two separate bubbles, uh, for the, uh, conference finals. Are you saying a a reseed between the, the conferences? Kinda. Yeah. So like, 
say the Caps finish number one in the league, but they could end up playing like Toronto, even though they're not in the same conference anymore. Yes. Okay, I like that. Yeah, just so, simply because the first two divisions, I think, have to be played. In order for my idea to work, the first two rounds have to be played within the divisions. Then you open you things up. Whole league, and then just kind of put it one through eight or whatever. It, well, yeah, because once once you get through the first two rounds, you only okay. have four teams left. Right. So you right. have to combine okay. them at that point because it's one team from each division. And then, you know, you divide it, you know, maybe East and the Canada division play against each other. And the West yeah. and the whatever play and the whatever. I mean, that would definitely make it very interesting for sure. That's that what would, that would be cool to see. Like, say you get like a Vegas and Toronto like right. conference final matchup. Like that would be yeah, pretty- that would be cool. Exactly. Like East traditional East versus West could really go out the window this year, depending on how they do it. Right. Yeah. So that's like my that. thought on it. That's I've been trying to flesh that out for the last couple weeks, actually. Um, I don't. Th- I don't know that that's what they're gonna do, but that's just what makes sense to me. So, no, that's oh, yeah. cool. I like that. Hmm, good way to good, good little pucking around questions, there, fellas. I didn't. Say, I didn't do mine yet. I was gonna say I don't think we did everyone. How Oops. dare you, Nick? I was so used to just having three of us here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so funny. Fair. That's fair. Uh, that wasn't a dig at you. I get it. I get it. <laughs> No. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just gonna let that slide. <laughs> um, my my question. No, I thought it. Was, I I just wanted to crack yeah, the was, whip. No, of I wanted it is. to crack the whip. I haven't had a lot of soundbite opportunities today. <laughs> I needed to get one in. <laughs> uh, so my pucking around question is: Who will lead leagues in goals this this season? Who will lead leagues or lead the league? Well, the league in goals. McDavid. Leandra yeah, Seidel. I, th- I think. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I think it it definitely is a toss-up between McDavid and Dreisaitl. However, I would like to be optimistic and say that Brad Marchand will do very well. I'm going to go way out there, obviously besides Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but I'm going to say Austin Matthews and um, David Pasternak. There you go. I was going to say David Pasternak could really do it. I mean, he's got how many five and three games or five and two? Yeah. That man is... You see that, like, stat, like, the amount of hat tricks he has and as little as gameplay, he has like nine career hat trick and hat tricks and like 300 something career games. And like Ovi has like 12 and like 1200 career games. Yeah. That's one thing I was thinking about recently with Ovi in particular, just how potent of a goal scorer he is and how little we see him get hat tricks. It's just something I was thinking about. Yeah. I think about Ovi a lot. So we, we noticed. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so now there was some good pucking around questions. I'm glad that we actually had them all ready to go this week. Yeah, this is awesome. But uh, any parting words for us, Ethan? I mean, are you going to be able to join us now every week? What's the status for you? Um, It really depends because uh, the way 
um, it works here on, on base is we have different uh, duty section days where we, where we have to stand watches and stuff, like security watches. Um, so depending upon what day mine falls on, you know, I mean, we might have to work around that or something. Um, as of right now, you know, because I'm doing well enough in class, I don't have to be on like a mandatory night study or something like that, which is usually from like six o'clock to eight o'clock, which I guess wouldn't be too bad, but, um, I don't know. I guess I, I would love to be on more obviously. So yeah, we'd love to have you more obviously. Um, yeah, honestly, whatever day you decide next week, uh, just let me know. And, and, uh, I'd love to be on again and start to be at least be more regular. Yeah, well, it was obviously great to have you back. Oh, it was we great to be you. back. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you just for like a fucking soundbite or something to just have this week. I had no idea that you were actually going to be able to join us this week. Um, well, I was able to, you know, get Discord, which was a lot easier than I thought. Oh, uh, yeah. Great. Uh, right, but I, Yeah, good. Good, Kim. Oh, I thought you were telling, saying go ahead to Ethan. No. that when, when I was trying to get this whole thing set up and I had to explain what Discord was like three times, I was like <laughs> slightly concerned because I'm like, it's so easy. We've had this technology this whole quarantine and we just haven't been doing this show. <laughs> and I missed it so fucking much. <laughs> so now to have all four of us here together just makes me very happy. Me too. Agreed. Same here. Well, well, on that on that note. Oh, go ahead. You know what's so <laughs> you can no, leave, let, no, no, let no, no, Ethan, leave. let Ethan end it as he as he opened it. So Ethan, go ahead. Take the reins. Take the reins. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um what do I what, what what do I say? Oh goodness. Aside I, from you I know, can, I appreciate Oh, go go ahead, Cam. What I I, I need to say this because it's not gonna get said otherwise. If you like this show please leave a rating for us. Please subscribe on whatever podcast service you listen on. And for the love of God, please tell your friends about us and tell them to do the same. Word of mouth is the most important thing when it comes yes. to spreading podcasts these days, especially Spread in a market when we're competing against roughly a million other podcasts worldwide. We need the yes. support. So if you like this, please tell your friends. Ethan. But, and then hit us uh, up on social media too. We're, oh, I think we're still active on Instagram with Third Line Grinders, I'm hoping. Um, I mean, it's always, there, but none of us use it. <laughs> well, we should, but you can always like send us a message if you have like your own pucking around questions. Like we'd love to have them on the show so we can answer it for you. Oh, oh Anything that oh, gives us more hockey talk. I mean, there, there are so few and far between hockey podcasts out there. Um, obviously, we know of the biggest one um but hey if we can just climb the ladder a little bit each week for 52 weeks who knows where this podcast can go and who knows maybe eventually we get to a point where we can actually all be back in studio and hopefully everything runs as smooth as possible and but yeah like cam said like us share us give us a rating even if it's a negative rating give us a negative feedback tell us what we can improve on that's right and um, also, you can find this information down in the description below, wherever you are listening. Business inquiries. Can't imagine there's many of you. But in the future, I've got big plans for this show, and I want your business to be a part of it. 
thirdlinegrinders at gmail.com. You can reach us there. And if you want to send us, if you're a fan and you want to send us an email, you can ask us questions. You can insult us violently. I don't care. Thirdlinegrindersfans at gmail.com. Let us read your ads. That's right. <laughs> Ethan. We all go for it. <laughs> all right. Close it up, Ethan. Close it up. All right. Well, as always, you know, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Um, as as Cam said, you know, like, subscribe, share, you know, all that that classic stuff. I'm happy to be back. And, you know, guys, it was great. Great to, uh, great to see you. It really was. So... Have a good night, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, buddy.